You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Break a Bat podcast where baseball meets Broadway, an attempt to show that my two favorite mediums don't have to live in such separate worlds and maybe even break some stigmas. We're happy to have you with us. Now let's play ball. Hello and welcome to Break a Bat where baseball meets Broadway. I'm your host Al Malafrante coming at you for the Broadway Podcast Network with a very special hitter tonight. Here on Broadway, we're all about performers who bring a special energy to a role and are able to entertain the audience with an all-star skill set to complement that. Uh, My guest tonight was the definition of that type of performer throughout his 12 seasons in the big leagues, four of which were spent here on the stages of Broadway playing for the New York Yankees. I always admired how much passion he showed for the game and how he wore his heart in his sleeve, and I would say that the love he showed Yankee fans was second to none. While he was here, he authored a legacy both as an all-star in 2010 and World Series champion for the now iconic 2009 Yankees cast. In addition to that, he very much immersed himself in show business, both as an actor and a singer, which I think makes it even more appropriate for him to join us here in the batter's box. He's still a key member of the Yankee family as a special advisor, and he's one of the true good guys in baseball. So with that being said, if you'll please turn your attention to home plate. Just beyond the marquee, now batting Nick Swisher. Swish, what's up, brother? Oh, damn, Al. What an intro, bro. I got I got goosebumps, bro. I'm ready to like, rip my shirt off, bro. I'm like, I'm ready to go to battle for you, bro. How you doing? Hell yeah, man. Dude, I'm doing great. It's such an honor, man. I tell you what, there's very few guests that I bring on this podcast where I actually break out the jersey, rocking the pinstripes to get into the spirit. This is epic, man. Oh, man, looks good on you, bro. Looks good on you, man. I'm finally glad we can make this happen. I feel like we've kind of been going back and forth trying to get a date that works for both of us. So I'm excited to be here, bro. Oh, this is such an honor, man. And thank you for making it happen. How are things in your neck of the woods? Has cash kept you busy this offseason? Yeah, you know, it's crazy, man. Still kind of skeleton squads uh, type stuff. I mean, still trying to figure out, you know, I think spring training's still on time as of right now. Um, I, I think for myself, where I kind of roll in with the organization is is a lot for the younger guys, like for our minor league guys. So I'm really interested to see on exactly what's going to happen on that front as well. 
Uh, obviously, man, this could be the year for the Yankees, the Bombers, baby. This could be the year picking up my boy Corey Kluber, you know, Tyone as well. I mean, that's, that's Garrett Cole's guy. Uh, there's going to be a comfort level there. Uh, healthy Judge, Stanton, guys look better. They're trimmed out, feeling good. Played golf with Luke Voigt a couple weeks ago. He's ready to get going. So I think at the end of the day, man, I mean, you know, I mean, if you can't hear it in my voice, bro, I'm a fan for sure. You know, I want the boys to play well. Um, but I think also, too, man, like, you know, trying to get things back to to somewhat normalcy again, right? Like we saw the we saw the Super Bowl. We saw people in the stands. There's a lot more people getting their vaccines. Uh, so the sooner and the better we can get people back into the stadium, get our game rocking and rolling again. Uh, I mean, that's that's more exciting for guys like me and you, man, because, you know, that's what we want to see. We want to see the games going on again. I can totally see why you'd be working with the young players, especially because in addition to your knowledge, you bring such like great energy and personality to everything you do, Swish. Do you think that energy is what caught the eye of the casting director for How I Met Your Mother? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, bro, maybe. Uh, But you know what? I mean, that was such an amazing opportunity, bro. Like just right after we won the World Series. You know, I'd never been on set. You know, Joe and I started dating, you know, at the end of June that year. So I'm like, you know, I never been, but I'm like, you know, she's going to do How I Met Your Mother for the week. You know, she's guest starring. And I'm like, babe, can I go with you, right, to set? I've never been to set. She's like, oh, absolutely, come with me. So I go, right, set is legit, or at least that set was. I mean, like, they're so pro. They're so nice. They make make everybody feel great. And so make a long story short, I'm standing with Joe. And then all of a sudden, I, I, I look to my right, and there's, and there's all these people wearing Yankee hats. And they're, like, coming right at me. And I'm like, oh, my God, they're like, swish. You know, you know me, bro. I'm like soaking it up, high-fiving everybody, bro, like epic. And make a long story short, we kind of sat there and bullshit for a minute, but they were like, hey, do you want to be on the show? I'm like, hell yeah, I want to be on this show. Are you kidding me? And that's where the kind of idea came up. Uh, but, I mean, as much, as, as much fun as I had on that show, bro, how awesome was Jim Nance on that episode, bro? <laughs> he was fantastic, dude. One of the best. So for me, man, I was just so blessed and so honored to be part of that show because the cast, the crew, everybody that was involved, they made that experience so amazing for me. Uh, and obviously something I'm still talking about to today and something I'll never forget. I love that. And I don't know if you knew this, but the creator of that show, Craig Thomas, he, he's a Long Island kid. So it makes total sense uh-huh. that he'd be a Yankee fan. And Oh, it- I, bro, it was legit, man. And the fact that they just like, Fact that there there are people out there in the world that can write things that are that funny that's just absolutely amazing to me. I'm like, bro, it was awesome, epic. I love that, and you got to share a uh, booth with my TV crush, Kobe Smolders. I actually have a funny oh. baseball story about her, man. <laughs> Super awesome, bro! Like such an amazing time. I mean, everybody, dude, from Josh to you know Neil. I mean, you know, Aunt Pam, Pam Fryman, the director. I mean, she's. You know, she's like family to me. So to be able to kind of step on somebody else's field uh, and to experience kind of what they do, uh, what a blessing, bro. What an awesome time. I was out of my out of my element a little bit, but they made it an amazing experience. I love that. And, you know, let me ask you on the Broadway front. I know you and your wife, Joanna, have some good friends with some major ties to the New York City theater scene. Were you catching many shows while you were playing here? And if so, all the what, time, bro. What'd you see? All Tell the me. time, dude. I'm such a Broadway guy, dude. I love shows like no other, bro. You'll see me like creeping in the back corner, bro, like sitting right there because I never wanted to make a scene going anywhere because. Joe and I, we loved going to the theater so much uh, that when we were in New York, or at least during that time that we were there, uh, we were there a lot, man. We enjoyed a lot of shows, uh, and I was so honored and blessed to go there because I'm like, 
come on, bro. Like who gets the opportunity to just like walk out of their apartment, walk right down the street and, and go check one, you know, Broadway, bro. Like things you hear about in stories. And I was able to kind of go there and experience all that, man. What a blessing. That's amazing. What was your favorite show, Swish? So I, you know, man, I'm, 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 real, I'm, I'm very partial to Jersey boys, bro. Like, I, I mean, the music, everything. I mean, my dad grew up on that stuff. So, like, I've been hearing that music forever. Uh, so it was just epic, man. That Jersey boys is one of my favorite. Rock of Ages, when it first hit, that was kind of like my first thing, which was badass. Um, I mean, bro, I could sit here and I could break them all down for you, bro. But we'd be here all day. I love that. Johnny, your former teammate, Johnny Damon, big Rock of Ages guys, guy too. And I'm not sure if you saw Tex and Cece actually appeared in the show. Oh, yeah, bro. Like, and listen, man, when we were there, like everything was hot. Like, you know, the, the, the theaters were hot. Like Broadway was killing it at the time. And, and that was the place that you wanted to be, especially if you got a night off. I mean, bro, what a date night, bro. It's epic. It's just like get dinner, you go catch a show instead of going to a movie. Um, I mean, something that Joe and I would, would love to get back to as soon as everything kind of gets back to normal, bro. We'll be back up there. I love that. And, you know, you talk about nights like that. And I have to say, you know, I've been a Yankee fan my whole life, man. There's very few guys that come into this city and embrace it the way you did. And, you know, you came over in 09 after a tough 08 playing for the White Sox. We all know about the Ozzie Guillen stuff. How did you first react when you found out that you were going to be rocking the pinstripes? Oh, bro. There was, if you think about it, bro, from what, like the lowest moment of my life, like 2008, it was so... Um, it, it was just tough on the field, off the field, bro. Like nothing was going my way. I uh, just, you know, didn't catch a break ever. And then all of a sudden you get a call from somebody like Brian Cashman. And he's like, listen, bro, like we believe in you, right? Like last year was just a fluke. Like we know you're going to be a great comeback player for us. Like we know you're going to be, you know, what we, what we think you're going to be. And, and I, I'm the type of guy, Al, like, bro, you give me a hug. Like, cause I'll run through a brick wall for you. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just the type of guy that I am. And, I think that immediate love right out of the gate from somebody as powerful as Brian Cashman just like set it up differently any, than any other place that I'd ever been. And that's not even thinking about the New York Yankees. That's just like man to man type stuff. Like, you know, for somebody to believe in you, that's like one of the greatest things I think you can give somebody. And on top of it, bro, I get to play for the Yankees, bro. Are you kidding me? Like the pinstripes and I'm a right fielder, bro. Like, come on, the bleacher creatures. Like, that's, that's where I live, baby. Like, set me up, bro. That's home. So I, I think just to be able to be part of all of that and even just the journey, how everything happened, and even though in my mind I feel like it was so short-lived, you know, I feel like, you know, I may never be I, – I, I may never be – I wasn't born in the Bronx, dude, but I'm definitely a boy in the Bronx for sure, no doubt. Like, I mean, the people, the atmosphere, the love. Like, like you're saying, man, you know, I don't know how many people have ever been able to experience – New York and have that sort of relationship like I have. And I hold that so tight to the chest because it means so much because bro, I've been a lot of places, man. I've played in a lot of different cities. It's not always like that everywhere. I think there's a, there's a mutual respect slash love that goes into, you know, myself as well as the fan, because listen, bro, like for me, every time I put the pinstripes on, it was like, I was playing for my family out there. I was playing for everybody else because they were counting on me. You know, you don't have that in every organization. So I think for myself, man, I, I dug into it, bro. Like I lived it. Uh, I, and, and, and I'm so honored to be able to do that because not everybody gets, not everybody gets that chance. 
I think it's absolutely incredible how you made such an impact right away. And I, I've always been curious about this. When you got here, the media concocted this image of the Yankee clubhouse, you know, kind of being clouded by a power struggle, you know, mainly between Jeter and A-Rod, but a lot of the big personalities in there. Team yeah. had won a championship in almost a decade. Then suddenly you get there and you start to change the culture right away as an outsider. And man, you had so many big names and egos when you got trade over there. Let me ask you, what were your first impressions of that clubhouse when you first got there? And how'd you go about changing things up, man? Well, first thing I said is I walked up in that locker room, even in the spring training locker room, and I'm just like, holy shit, bro. Look at these names on the wall. Like, this is that's out of control, bro. Like, somebody, somebody pinched me real hard because I need to know this is real. You know, I'm walking through and I got Derek Jeter and, you know, A-Rod's on this side and Posada and Pettit and Mo And, I mean, goodness gracious, bro, like the list can go on and on of the people there. Then you got CeCe Sabathia, right? Mark Teixeira, A.J. Burnett, Johnny Damon, Robinson Cano. I mean, the list goes on and on for the guys that we had in that locker room. And for myself, I'm just like, what? wow, this is – this is what am I doing here? Am, am I the guy for the job? But I think, you know, something that I've always tried to do my entire life, bro, is I've always tried to just be me. Like I always tell people, you got to be you, man, because when you come off genuine and real, it's easy to accept people like that because you know what to expect from them. And so for somebody like me that, you know, might have been an alien to most, you know, I mean, I'm pretty consistent in how I live and who I am. And to be able to walk in that locker room, which was very stuffy, it felt like it was just ties all the way up, you know, and. I'm kind of looking around and, you know, Johnny Damon rolls in. He's got this huge boombox, bro, like this big one, you know, the one that like you pick it up the handle and you roll it. You can't even pick it up. I'm like, bro, you mind if I borrow that? He's like, yes, sure, man. Oh, man, bro, best move ever. Could have been the worst, but ended up being the best. Throwing some tunes, bro. And all of a sudden from that moment forward, it was a different, if a different atmosphere. And it wasn't just me. It was guys like, CC, it was guys like AJ, you know, listen, man, you practically brought over a whole new squad that 08 offseason. So for us to come in and and to be able to gel with everybody as well as we did, I mean, that's kudos to the, the guys like the core four for, you know, allowing all that to happen. Because listen, bro, if number two looks at you and says, hey, don't do that, then you don't do that. Right. I mean, it's like it's as simple as that. So to be able to have guys like that that were so secure in themselves and they knew exactly who they were to let us kind of crazy guys come in and have a little bit of an effect on the team and to really let our true selves shine. Like, that's awesome, bro. Like, those are true leaders because they weren't, they weren't, it, it wasn't a power struggle ever on, you know, who was getting the attention as long as we were winning ball games, bro. Like, who cared? Like, everyone had their own little niche, right? The captain was going to be him, right? 1-3, A-Rod was going to be doing his thing, you know? Mariano going to be shutting him down. He's got his fans, Mo, Posada. But then you got people like myself, bro, that kind of niched my own little path over here, right? And, and I'm sitting over here, and Robbie Cano's got his group of people. And that was just badass, bro, because it was like you came into such an iconic situation, and somehow with just a little bit of personality and a little bit of, uh, uh, a little bit of craziness, bro. Like you could be yourself and we end up winning the championship. And that's something no one will ever be able to take away from you, bro. Like I'll be able to be called a champion for the rest of my life. Like that's insane to me. And not many people get that opportunity. So dude, New York, bro, I fell in love with my wife, bro. I won a championship. I had some of the best years in my life. I mean, bro, like the love that I have for the city, for the entire thing, I can't wait to get back, bro. I haven't been there in almost over a year. And it's killing me because the vibe that I get when I step foot on the streets in New York, bro, it's just a feeling that like it's hard to explain because you have to feel it and experience it 
to really understand it. And I was one of those lucky guys that got to do that. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And, you know, I think the fact that you got off to such a hot start right away really just set the tone for the rest of the year. I mean, if you look at the, the Yankees in April of that season, they didn't have a very good first month. You did. I think one of the major factors in, you know, you really establishing yourself, you know, not just with the fans, but with the team was when you took the mound in Tampa Bay because things were not going well for you guys. And I think if there was any, you know, if there was any doubt about how you'd be able to handle the pressure and, you know, when things got <laughs> tough, man, you dispelled it right there at the trot, man. What do you remember about that night? Yeah, bro, I remember all of it, dog. I mean, I remember all that stuff. I mean, those are those great memories that you look back on and you're like, no way that just happened. And I remember, bro, like I started off that season on the bench, right? You know, ex-Navy was, uh, I mean, bro, talk about a baller. I think he hit like 290 the year before, drove in a hundo, right fielder at a cannon, handsome guy, right? Like the whole package, right? Like the whole deal. And here I come, right? Just kind of shrugging in, right? Like trying to do my part, you know, and every opportunity that I got, I knew that if I didn't make the most of anything that, you know, hey, bro, listen, like you got to somehow find a way to crack the lineup. That's just the type of mentality I had. Um, and I'll never forget, bro. We were in Tampa after we went to that ball, we went to Baltimore, uh, and then we went to Tampa and then we came back and opened up the season against Cleveland, if I'm not mistaken. And I'll never forget, bro. We're getting waxed, bro, by Tampa, dude, like 15, five, dude, like nobody's getting anybody out. It's just one of those games where you're just like, chalk it up, bro. Like, you know, but I'm not the type of guy to dwell on that. Right. Like I've never had a long memory. I've always been short memory on in, in the game of baseball because Something else is coming, right? The game is coming tomorrow. So I'm kind of like, you know, you know me, bro. I've got like 14 wristbands on. Like I'm still kind of cheesing, even though we're getting waxed. And Girardi asked me if I've ever pitched before. And I I looked at him like, hell yeah, man, of course. Right? Of course I pitch, right? I didn't tell you last time I pitched might have been like, shoot, I was what, 28 then? Last time I pitched, I was probably 14, right? But who, how you gonna tell the manager, bro, you, you never pitched before? I'm like, of course I pitched, bro. Just put, you need you need me, baby, I got you, I'm here for you. And I'll just never forget, dude, going out there and just thinking to myself like, bro, what's happening right now? Like, this, is, this isn't even real, right? I'm walking out there and I get to the mound and, you know, Molina was behind the plate for us at the time, you know, Jose was, and he's so awesome, bro. He's just got such a great personality and just made everything so easy out there and just like kind of funny because I'm kind of, you know, I'm thinking to myself like, all right, you know, I'm going to try and play the guy. I'm, no, I'm going to shake him off a few times. And he's literally just going like, bro, just like flicking down his pointer finger. Like you got one pitch player, just throw it to me. Right. And somehow we ended up getting out of that any no runs. 
And I'm walking off the field after I punched out Gabe Kapler, bro, which I text him once a month just to let him remember about that, bro. Because I'm like, come on, Gabe. Like, you got to remember that one, bro. Like, that, 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 that's – and we're buddies, so it, it, it makes it even better. But I'll, I'll just never forget walking off the field like, holy shit, bro. Like, you got 0.00 ERA, man. Like, I, like that's unbelievable. I think I might have been the only pitcher that night that put up a zero. And what even made it cooler – is that we go back to New York, right? We open up against Cleveland. We're getting waxed again, like 10 nothing. I remember that Saturday game. It was like, wasn't it like yeah. a 22 to 4 game or something like that? We got waxed, bro. Like in front of our own home crowd, brand new stadium. Not what you want, right? At all. And I'll just never forget the crowd all of a sudden started chanting, we want Swisher, bro, because I was the only guy that got anybody out the day before, right, when we were in Tampa. So the whole stadium is chanting my name, bro. And I'm like, oh, my, this, these are what dreams are made. Dude, these are what, what you dream about, right? And to be able to experience that right out of the gates, you know, and also, too, man, like I was having fun with it. And I think people can relate to that. People can be like, man, I'd be out there having the best time of my life, too. So for me to be able to relate with people, I think is, you know, maybe one of my strong suits and to experience all that. I mean, how do you not smile and laugh? Like, holy shit, bro. I just pitched for the New York Yankees. And, you know, after the game, I got like 15 ice packs on, bro. I'm like, you know, I'm generally sore. I'm like, bro, I never <laughs> throw pitches down like that on mound before. So I'm sitting there giving my post-game interview and I'm kind of chuckling and laughing. And Jorge Posada is standing like four feet away from me, bro, just like. Just like the death stare, bro. Like, listen, bro, we don't joke about losing around here and stuff, you know? And he was pissed. And that was kind of like, you know, my first real, you know, observation of how much Jorge Posada wanted to win, bro. Like, that guy wanted to win every day. And we became great buddies. But that first first interaction, bro, wasn't exactly the best because I pissed him off, dude, something fierce. But to be able to have different personalities in that locker room and to all figure out and learn how to kind of, you know, deal with each other and uh, with all the same thoughts moving forward, that's badass, dude. Like, that's awesome. You guys were so special that season. You know, you look up and down the lineup. And I've always debated with myself because I would say that 09 is arguably my favorite Yankee team of all time. There's two turning points in the year, and I'm curious which one stands out most to you as far as, you know, when you realize that team was special because there was that series in Atlanta when Cashman had to come and talk to the team, but you also had that series in August against the Red Sox when you guys had not beaten to beaten them to that point. What do you think the turning point was for the 09 Yankees when you look back and say like, damn, I think we really got a shot at the title this year. Yeah. I, I, I don't know, bro. For me, dog, I'm, I mean, I'm thinking spring training, right? <laughs> That's that was my mindset. I'm looking around the, the room being like, People think they're going to beat us? Like, look at all these names, bro. Like, ain't nobody going to beat us. But that was the mentality, right? That's the mentality of a New York Yankee. Those are the sort of um, goals that you set for yourself early, right? Like, you either win a World Series or you don't. That's it, hands down. That's what New York is all about. We win. That's what we do. Uh, and to be able to kind of, like, you know, uh, understand that and to learn that from, you know, everybody in that locker room, I mean, obviously, I think historically people would say the season turned probably in June in down in Atlanta, if I'm not mistaken, right? Cash comes down. You know, people thought he was going to chew us out, but it wasn't really a chewing. It was really kind of like kind of look at yourselves in the mirror and kind of like understand who we have in here, and what type of team we do have. And, you know, quit messing around, man. It's time to get time to get to work. Uh, but also, too, I think 
maybe for the squad, it might have been that series against Boston because that was when we were like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, we can beat y'all. Oh, okay. That's a good feeling to know, right? Because there for a while, what, we started off like 0-7 or 0-8 against them that season. And by the way, everybody's like, man, Boston's waxing New York all the time. Well, baby, late in the season, bro, the boys showed up, dude, and, and did what we needed to do. Uh, and that whole playoff run, dude, was just mind-boggling because, you know, you, you never really understand how many people, how many New York Yankee fans there really are until playoffs get going and the atmosphere and just everybody's there wanting to be part of it, standing room only. Like, bro, I'm pumped up, man. You're trying to get me, like, get in the gym, bro, trying to make a comeback or something. Trying to <laughs> do something, bro, because I'm, I'm getting pumped up because, you know, you don't get to talk about these times all the time, right? You don't get to talk about these past experiences as much. And it just takes you to such a good place uh, that you want to be able to relive those, you know? I think about it all the time, Swish. And like you said, you don't get to talk about it as much. It was such a unique period. And you had played in the postseason before with Oakland. How different was it when you took center stage, to use a Broadway term, uh, (laughs) here in New York in October? Yeah. Yeah, center stage, under the lights, bro. Like, epic. Dude, like, you know, like, especially like, like, entrances right like you know like when they announce your name and you're in the starting lineup and they announce your name before the game bro there's no better feeling on the planet than running out of the yankee stadium dugout after they announce your name bro i think i might have been batting eighth or ninth i didn't give a shit bro they said my name i ran out there and it was epic dude and so like you know to experience that of what what the energy and the pride and the passion and the love that the yankee fans really have man like they made old Yankee Stadium what it was. They making you new Yankee Stadium what it is. So to be able to have the people that we have in that stadium uh, supporting the squad, that's the reason the Yankees are who they are, man. Not necessarily the team, but I think the fans, man, because it's it's a whole different breed, baby, for sure. Swish, I was at Game Two of that World Series, and one thing I've always been curious about because I don't think anyone's ever asked you this: take me through your mindset going into game three after Girardi decided to bench in game two. um, All of a sudden you're in Philadelphia, the series is tied and you had one of your most signature and clutchest games as a Yankee on the base paths with the long ball. Tell me where your head was at and how'd you just go out there and crush it that night? in Philadelphia? Well, like you're saying, man, and and I've told people a lot, even, you know, during some of my motivational speech and speaking and stuff, I talk about from some of the lowest moments of my life have come some of the brightest moments of my life. And, you know, I mean, if you think about game two, getting benched in the World Series, bro, that's embarrassing. Like, you know, I mean, as an athlete, it's hard to take. You know, I mean, you, you don't want to sit out there and, and you know, you, you, you don't want everybody to be like, well, you know, they're panning to you every couple of minutes, see what he's doing in the dugout, talk about how he got benched and he's one for 30 or whatever I was at that moment. So obviously it's embarrassing. But at the end of the day, like, Bro, it's a team, right? It's a team game. So it's like, hey, man, that was when we had uh, Jerry Harrison, bro. Toe tap came in there, bro, and, and 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 played well. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, that was the game against uh, Pedro, right? Game two. Um, and so I, I think for myself, I think Girardi, I mean, he, maybe he knew better than I did, right? Like I needed to calm down and get out of there a little bit. You know, facing Cole Hamels game three, which is a lefty. I'm, I'm more of a contact guy on the right side. So I remember him just telling me like, hey, you know, don't even put your spikes on. Just come out here. Just enjoy this game. Just be with your team. Enjoy this game today. Take some of that stress off. You're putting a lot of pressure on yourself. And, and he was right. So I think for myself to 
for someone to have that sort of intuition, I think was amazing because, you know, all of a sudden game three shows up, baby, and I'm in there, just like he said, right? And, you know, as an athlete and even for myself, when, when I'm a manager one of these days, those are the things that I'm going to remember. Those are the things that I'm going to make sure that my players feel because I remember how he made me felt, how he made me feel at that moment. And, and that can definitely propel you into a great, into a five, dude, because in the rest of the series, I felt great. It didn't matter what happened earlier in the playoffs. It just mattered what happened from that moment on. And to be able to experience the champagne, bro, all those times with some of the greatest ever play the game, bro. Like, come on, dude. That's that, like, it's amazing, bro. It's absolutely awesome. Swish, what was crazier, the after party when you won the World Series or A-Rod's birthday with Jay-Z? Oh, (laughs) I don't know, bro. I don't know. I do remember rolling outside of Yankee Stadium, and I remember, bro, like it was just a mob. It was a sea of people, right? There were just so many people, and we're trying to leave out of the, you know, out of the, the player's entrance, right? And so we're trying to get out. And meanwhile, bro, you ain't going nowhere, right? I mean, people swarmed around the cars. So I'm like, you know what, bro? I've always wanted to do this, dog. I jump out of the car, get on the roof of my car, bro, pumping everybody up, dude. It was epic. I should have crowd, though. I should have crowd surfed right there is what I should have. But I'll never forget that, bro. That was amazing, man. That was something I'll never forget, too. Oh, that is so epic. And you know what's funny? I think about your 2010, because I think in many ways, that was probably your career year. Do you think you took like a little extra chip on your shoulder that season, you know, after what happened in the World Series to all of a sudden you just put together one of the best seasons that anyone had on that star-studded Yankee team? Is that Was that like a chip on your shoulder type thing or different approach? Take me through that. Yeah, uh, I definitely, I came into spring training the best shape of my life that year. Uh, you know, I had a game plan. You know, I feel like when you share a locker room full of all those future Hall of Famers, you learn a lot just by watching, watching how guys take care of their body, you know, learning about guys' sleep patterns, right? Like, listen, like when to go out, when not to, right? Like, you know, really trying to take care of your body first. Uh, and I think for myself, you know, shoot, you know, Joe and I, you know, we had been dating for a little bit at that point. We got engaged early there in 2010. So, like, bro, my life was kicking ass, bro. I'm like, I'm in love, right? Like, you know, baseball's going great. And, and I got a tip from somebody who I call him my adopted grandfather, my man Yogi Berra, RIP, right? And I'll never forget, man, spring training, I was scuffling a little bit. And I kept, because I wanted to do something. I wanted to prove to people that, like, I was the player that I knew I could be, right? And I remember spring training really just trying to go out and, once again, bro, just trying to do too much, right? Like, you're never going to be good. You're never going to be that good when you're just trying so hard. And I'll never forget, man, Yogi sat me down on the bench. But Gator, first Gator grabbed me. He was like, listen, man, Yogi's got something for you. And I'm like, okay, we'll bring him over here because, like, I, I'll take anything right now. Like, I'll take anything. And he came over and sat down next to me, and he looked at me, and he said the most simple thing. He said, you keep swinging the pitches in, in the dirt, just move up in the box. And I'm like, what do you move up in the box? He's like, move up in the box. So that's all I did, bro. I took my regular toe hold in the back of that box and I moved it up about four or five inches in the box. Now, all of a sudden, that pitch that I was used to swinging down and missing, now I'm making contact with that ball or I'm fouling it off. Because listen, bro, I struggled against change-ups. I was a fastball guy. I'm looking to eat all the time. But change-ups, bro, that's a little hard for me. So it's being able to set yourself up in that spot where somebody as simple as Yogi Berra he was like, man, don't mess with your swing. Just move your move your body up because it just tells you if you move up in the box, all of a sudden that pitch down, it's not as down anymore. 
But sometimes it's as simple as that to really kind of unlock everything else. Because listen, bro, as athletes, we complicate things so much, right? We're trying to find like the perfect swing, the perfect balance, like the whole nine. When at the end of the day, all you needed to do was just move your ass up in the box a little bit and it could really change. And that year, bro, you know, my all-star year, uh, you know, I think I hit 290 that year, hit like 28, drove in close to 100 that year. I mean, like I hit two all year long, which was fantastic, bro. You hitting behind Derek Jeter and in front of like Mark Teixeira and A-Rod and Cano. I'm like, bro, that's like the spot you want to be, man. No doubt. Oh, absolutely, man. I've always been curious. Who were you closest with on those teams? So I was really close with David Robertson, who I still am today, right? That's my buddy, right? Uh, Raleigh Banez was there for a little bit. Uh, Robbie Cano, I probably would say, would be one of the closest guys that I was with, man. I just, you know, I know he's kind of gotten himself in a little bit of hot water. But, like, Robbie's got such a zest for life, man. He's got this infectious smile that, like, you just want to be around. He's just a happy guy like me. And, you know, at the end of the day, he always tells me I should have been Dominican because just like we share a lot of the same vibes and flavor and the whole nine. So to be able to have a buddy like that, you know, as much as you want to see him kind of get himself back on uh, and back going again, uh, I would definitely say, man, our personalities really matched up, bro. We had some fly handshakes the whole nine, bro. I mean, let's let's be honest, bro. You're talking about one of the one of the better left handed hitters, maybe in my generation, for sure. You know, you mentioned uh, how Posada came around to liking you. I always thought that he was a tough shell to crack. What do you think it was about you that that he finally took a liking to? Because, you know, there's been some stories that, you know, he made it known when he didn't like somebody in the Oh, yeah, bro. Yeah, I mean, like, look at it, bro. He's, like, jacked. He's got these massive, like, crusty, strong hands, right? You know what I mean? He's a catcher. He's always dirty. He's got pine tar all over him. I don't know, man. I think it might have been my persistence that got him, bro. Might have been my persistence that just kept going, letting good old Georgie know, baby. Hey, I'm going to give him some love. and I'm going to give him some hugs from time to time to make him feel good, you know. But I don't know, man. I think at the end of the day, I think, you know, both him and I, you know, we, we wanted to win. And I wanted to be part of the team. And, you know, he was a great leader and somebody I learned a lot from. Uh, you know, I mean, just I mean, just look at his life and everything he's gone through. He's a role model, bro, right? you know, good husband, good leader, good, good father, right? Like all that stuff you want to be, you know, now and I got two little girls, right? Seven and four. And I kind of look back on those guys, you know, even like, and, and, you know, Andy Pettit, you know, guys like that, where it's like, these guys are like unbelievable role models for you, like in your, not necessarily baseball, obviously, but in life in general. So for myself to be able to have young role models in my life like that uh, was huge for me, especially once I started having children on my own. You know, I talked with Johnny Damon last summer, and he had his own answer, but I'm curious about your thoughts on this. In the years that followed 09, why do you think those Yankee teams couldn't get it done? It's tough, man. You know, I feel like it's not always about putting together the most talented team. Uh, I feel like you need to – you have you got to have those glue guys. got to have those guys in the locker room. And Johnny D, he'll tell you it's because he wasn't there. And maybe that's, that's the, <laughs> Right? And maybe that's the case. You know, I, I, I played in Johnny's – uh, you know, charity golf tournament a couple weeks ago. So I've been able to see him, you know, down here in Florida. Um, but you know what, man, it's tough because every year is so different and you go through so many different difficulties from one year to the next, you know, health could be an issue. Guys may have been banged up a little bit more in those, you know, those next couple years, you know, but maybe it could have been somebody like a Johnny Damon. Maybe it could have been somebody like a, you know, like a glue guy, somebody that keeps guys going in the locker room because listen, bro, like, you get the dog days of August, man. Like sometimes it's, 
you know, people get a little tired and you need to have those guys in the locker room that can bring energy, bring excitement uh, and get guys going. Because, you know, like I said, I mean, even for myself, I'm, I'm not always thinking about the best players in the game. I think, you know, building a championship is a lot about personalities uh, and things that happen inside the locker room. Because at the end of the day, bro, you're with the guys more than you are with your family that year. So I think for me, being able to have that cohesiveness, that 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 unity, uh, I think is amazing. But I mean, maybe Johnny's right, bro. I mean, Yanks got rid of Johnny, and we never, you know, it, it never happened again. I remember talking to Guardy. This might have been back in like 2017, and I, I remember him saying to me, like, "Wow, man, 2009, bro. I thought we were going to be playing in the World Series every year, and that was, I think, when they were playing Cleveland, when the ALCS, I think. And he was just like, "Wow, man, like." You got to soak it up, man. You know, I, I wish I would have soaked it up a little more because, you know, the teams we were throwing out there every year, we were like, oh, yeah, bro, we're going to go to the World Series for sure. But it doesn't always work out like that. So I think when you're there in the moment, you have to you have to enjoy that uh, because you never know when that opportunity is going to knock again. OK, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Oh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, Swish, as a big fan of baseball and theater, there's such an emotional component to it. One thing that really pained me was the way it ended. Because um, throughout your time here, you always showed the fans nothing but love and respect and would literally run through a wall for us, man. And you always had such a positive attitude that I think more players should try to emulate, given all that. I know you had a couple, you know, series that didn't necessarily go your way in the playoffs, but was it hurtful in some way when a small section of Yankee fans, you know, turned on you in a pretty vicious way during that LCS in 2012? Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say they turned on me, man. You know, I mean, just at the end of the day, bro, like you're, if you're not going out there, you're not producing, you know, that's just kind of, that's, that's the game, you know, but you know, I mean, business is business. And for myself, bro, I was lucky enough to be able to be out there for four seasons, dog, like for the greatest seasons ever, bro, you know, good, bad or whatever. I was there and I got to experience all that. Um, I mean, you know, I don't ever think about that, all those, and I don't necessarily look back on the tough times, bro, right? I always try to remember like the good times because those make me smile. The tough times are like, oh man, I feel like I want to get a little teary eyed over here, you know? But I think at the end of the day, you know, I, I wanted to be here, man. I, I'm, I'm not quite sure if there's a whole lot of people ever in the history of the New York Yankees that wanted to be a Yankee more than me. Uh, so I think when that came up, and I think if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, that was the year they were trying to get under the threshold, right? Uh, and you know, at that moment it was my, you know, that was my six year free agency. You know, that was my time to go out and, you know, see what the market would pay. Uh, and I remember cash talking to me early in the off season being like, Hey man, we don't even have enough money to get in the conversation. And I think that moment right there, very early in the off season, I knew I wasn't going to be a Yankee. And I think I had to deal with that as best I could and move on as even as much as it hurt because bro, that's the only thing I wanted to do. I was like, bro, just bring me back. Even when I was trying to make my comeback in 2016 with two bum knees, bro, trying to bang in AAA, which is a whole hell of a lot cooler at 21 than it was at like 35, bro. I know that for a fact. 10-hour bus rides aren't that fun anymore. But I think just in general, man, like that's all I ever wanted to do. And so, 
just to be able to experience everything, man, and to live it and to sit here and tell stories about it. Like, bro, I'm one of the lucky guys, you know? Swish, if there was any validation needed uh, as far as your legacy with the Yankees, I think obviously, you know, your role with the special as a special advisor is certainly right, you know, right at the top. But when I saw your react, the reaction that the crowd gave you at Old Timers Day in 2019, bro, there's no doubt that that means you're a Yankee for life. When you get that kind of reception, how surreal was that, man? Well, epic, dog. It was so epic, man, because. You know, I'm thinking to myself, like, wow, I'm like one year out of retirement. I'm still young, right? Like, you know, old timers days for like, you know, the older guys, right? <laughs> but I was like, you know what, man, I'm going. Like, I want to enjoy it. I want to be part of it. Like, old timers day was always one of my favorite days of the year when I was in New York, just because I got to experience all that. And like, those were the guys that made the stripes what they were, right? Like, those were the guys that were there before you that you're able to don the same stripes that they wore. So I think that was just so amazing for me, bro. I I probably got hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of autographs over the four years that I was there. I mean, bro, I'm getting everybody's autograph because I'm just like, wow, this is history. Like, you know, I love all this. But to be able to experience it and to play in that game, oh, bro, unbelievable, man, because, you know, I didn't know what to expect, but bro, when it hit, dude, when I came out of there, bro, I took my hat, bro. I'm pumping it up in the air, bro. It was amazing just to be able to go back and, and get that sort of love, man. Like it just makes you feel how lucky you are, you know? Oh, absolutely, Swish. And uh, listen, you've been in some tough situations before. Uh, there's a little game that we play here on Break a Bat called Fastball Derby. Now, I want you to visualize yourself back in the batter's box. It's going to be more challenging than old timers say because I want you to think okay. like – we call it fastball derby, man. Think Chapman on the mound, throwing one yeah, five. Okay. You got okay. to think quick. I'm going to ask you a question. You tell me the first thing that comes to your mind. How does that sound? Right, I'm ready. All right. Favorite New York City meal? Pizza, bro. Where's your go-to spot? Uh, multiples. All over the city, bro. All over. Love that. America's band, the Beach Boys or the Eagles? Beach Boys, bro. The Beach Boys, dog. The Beach Boys, man. My daughter, she loves Kokomo, dog. I'm, I'm rolling the Beach Boys right now. Love that. You could be the leading one Broadway musical. What would it be? <sighs> Maybe Mary Poppins. Who'd you play, Bert, the chimney sweep? Yeah, I'd be <laughs> Bert, bro. 100%. In one of my favorite movies. And, and I mean, bro, I got two daughters, so I'm able to experience that joy with them because they love it, bro. I got the songs down, bro. I'll get the steps. I'll be ready to go. Story time for a moment. You and your wife, Joanna, are good friends with Leah Michelle, strong ties to the Broadway world. And uh, I'm curious, what's your best story about hanging out with the late, great Corey Monteith? Wow, man. You know, I just kind of came on the scene kind of, you know, when all that was going down. And I just remember Corey just we just had these awesome, just fun because I mean, bro, like I'm a happy guy at that moment. It's hard because, you know, when you look at somebody, you never really know what's happening on the inside. So I think for myself to kind of look back on those short lived times that I was able to experience with him, you know, you just look back and you want more, you know. Yeah, he, he obviously is very dear to the Broadway world, too, because of Glee. And uh, I, I can only imagine how much fun it must have been to have you two in the same room with each other, man. I can only imagine. <laughs> yeah, man, for sure. I mean, you know, like I said, I mean, it's crazy how the world works. And, you know, you never know. You just you got to just experience people and, and be in the moment with them because you never know what's going to happen. You know, 
fact about Nick Swisher that would surprise people the most? Huh. Uh, deep down inside, um, I'm kind of shy, right? Like, I, no, um, no, no, wait a second, wait a second. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am surprised. Go on. <laughs> yeah, may, I mean, maybe a little shy, bro. You got me sweating here a little bit, dog. Like, I feel like, um, you know, I'm one of those guys that the more comfortable I feel in a situation, I feel the better I am. So going to like new places that I've never been before and, you know, trying to get my bearings down, bro. I'm a little shy out of the gates. It may be for a split couple seconds, but deep down, man, it's something that I, you know, I, I because I, you know, you always want to try and be your best, right? You always want to be trying to be the best version of yourself. So I think for myself, I get a little shy sometimes and then I'm like, oh, fuck it, bro. Let's just go for it, dude. You know what I mean? Let's just go. Two feet in, bro. Let's go for it. I love that. All right. Audience question from Fast Food Nick. Who is your all-time favorite Muppet? Oh, man. My all-time favorite. Maybe Cookie Monster. Cookie Monster, maybe uh, Snuffleupagus, Big Bird, maybe. Uh, no, I'm going to go Cookie Monster, bro. I'm going to go Cookie Monster. All right, you hear that, Fast Food Nick? Something, <laughs> something in common with uh, Nick's favorite uh, character. Fa- uh, but the, ironic that the user's name is uh, Fast Food Nick here, but you guys right. both love cookies, so there you go, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, all right, most uncomfortable Jeter and A-Rod moment. Hmm. You know what, man? I felt like I never really had a, a one sort of specific moment that really popped out, right? I mean, like I can think of times that like, you know, maybe Jeet had or, or Rod had, but never against each other, right? I feel like that was kind of like something that was maybe outside of the locker room because you got to remember, man, even if they did dislike each other as much as they did, you're talking about two professional guys, like ultimate pros, like you're never going to catch them in a situation that they don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're not going to be like, got him. Like, come on, bro. That's Derek Jeter and A-Rod, bro. Like, those dudes have been through everything. So regardless of whatever their, you know, relationship was, you know, they played it cool, bro. Like, at the end of the day, they both wanted to win. And I think at the end of the day, you know, I mean, having both those players on the same squad, bro, that's not a bad thing, bro. You're talking about, I mean, you know, Hall of Fame potential guys, you know? You talked about, uh, you know, some of the autographs you got on Old Timers Day. What's the coolest piece of memorabilia you kept from your playing career? Oh. My jersey, my game-worn jersey in the World Series that I kept and swiped and had everybody sign without giving it back to Steiner at the time, right? I jammed that thing way down deep in my bag, bro. You know, so nobody could Tom Brady it, bro, you know? But I think that, and I think one of my, um, one of my cooler pieces of memorabilia is I wore a scarf during the uh, 09 World Series. And I kept the scarf. And I got the scarf tied on with my jersey, bro. And it's just like, because you look back at that and I'm thinking to myself, like, I'll never, I'll, I'll never be, I'll never be as cool as I was at that moment in my life, bro. Like riding in a float, bro. Like, like it looked like it was snowing, bro. It was one of the more epic things I've ever seen in my life. And every time I go into my wife's office and I see that, I'm like, you know what, bro? That was badass, dude. Like I'll always enjoy that moment. Proudest moment of your career. And if you want to say, oh, nine, after telling me that story, I totally get why you would. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say, you know, being a champion wouldn't be, you know, the ultimate, you know, epic moment of your career. But I don't know, man, I guess I can say the whole thing, dog. Like, you know, I went about it in my way and I smiled through the whole thing. And 
got to enjoy it and got to be one of those little kids that dream about playing in the big leagues, bro. And I was able to be one of those guys. Like I'm living proof. Like that shit really happens. You know what I mean? Like that's just one of those things that, you know, I take a lot of pride in is, is doing it and doing it with a smile on my face and, you know, giving everything you got because listen, bro, I retired at 37 years old, bro. Like that's a puppy in real life. So to be able to experience everything that I did, as many awesome things as I have so early in my life, bro, blessed to be able to do that, dog. Now I'm just trying to figure out how to kick ass in my second career, you know? Well, I think you're doing a great job. And, you know, how about this? This is one we used to wrap every show. Best piece of advice anyone ever gave you? <sighs> Probably come from my grandmother, Betty Lorraine Swisher, bro. Like, that was my girl. And I'll never forget she used to look at me and be like, Nick, what happened tonight? And I'd be like, you know, Grandma, I wasn't. I didn't feel good tonight, you know, like the whole night, giving her all these, like, excuses. And and I actually have it on uh, a set of dog tags. And it says, Nick, just hit the damn ball. And that was probably either that or screwed up in the box that were two of the best pieces of advice that I ever got. And they both came from, obviously, a later generation, you know, a little older generation that really simplified things. And for me, that just meant the world. And I'll never forget those two sayings, bro, for the rest of my life from two amazing people in my life that mean the world to me. Uh, yep, just hit the damn ball and then just just move up in the box, Nikki. Right? I'm like, That's okay. a pretty good Yogi impression. Next time they do some sort of baseball musical, man, I think they got to bring you in to play Yogi. <laughs> no, bro, nobody. Could. You know, it's funny, man. It was like we had the Super Bowl. And we were just seeing Tom Brady's holding up seven rings, right? And then I seen somebody put on Instagram, it was Yogi, and he had all 10 of his rings on. And it said on the bottom two words, good night. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, man. The fact that that man won 10 World Series is uh, unbelievable. So, I mean, how do you not listen to somebody like that? Swish, you are such a Yankee. And this was the biggest honor to have you in the batter's box tonight, man. I cannot thank you enough for coming on, bro. Oh, Al, you were so badass, bro. This thing went this thing went smooth, bro. That was awesome, man. What an awesome job. Appreciate you having me on. Of course, man. And I got to know. Final question. Once Broadway opens back up, which shows are you trying to catch? You get to see Hamilton yet? All of them, bro. Any, any of them, bro. I'm going to be there, bro. Any of them going on, I'm going, man. I've started to meet some new people in the industry, which is great. And I'm such a loyal guy, bro. If I got friends in the business, bro, whatever they're in, that's where I'll be as well. Hell yeah, man. Well, you know what? You let me know what night that you're coming in, and I'll make sure I get over to the theater and see. Yes, my man. No doubt, Al. (laughs) Sounds like a plan, baby. Let's do it. Awesome. Well, Nick, can't thank you enough, and can't thank all the uh, bat heads in the audience enough for uh, joining us tonight in the batter's box. This is Al Malafrante signing off for the Broadway Podcast Network. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Break a Bat. This is produced by the fine folks at the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit and subscribe at bpn.fm slash breakabat. You can find me online at break underscore a underscore bat underscore podcast. And you can also find the Broadway Podcast Network on Instagram at Broadway Podcast Network. It's been so great having you here with us today, and we'll see you next time.
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.